Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 308 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So happy that you are here with me today as we are doing a bonus mini episode brought to you by my patrons at the $5 a month and up level. And you can always go check out what is on offer over there at patreon.com slash Rachel. But basically you get to ask me whatever you want. And then I answer it here on the podcast and everybody wins. And I am so grateful to all my patrons at any level. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you. Let us jump into these three fabulous questions that we have today. This first one is from Johanna or Johanna. I'm not sure how to say that. Johanna, in my head is Johanna. So correct me if I'm wrong. All right. Uh, Johanna says, Delia, the main character in Social Collapse, is a gay woman. I am not. I am straight. This is my first time writing something where my main character has a characteristic that differs so much from mine. So there's a potential own voices issue here. I usually write from the perspective of straight white women, but try to have a more diverse cast of supporting characters. In terms of research, although it is early days, I'm trying to read more lesbian fiction, hush little babies on my list, uh, read up on and experience the gay scene here in Bristol where the book is set. I have quite a few gay female friends, so can ask their opinions and get them to read sections and so on. I also read a great book a while ago called Writing the Other by Nisi Shaw and Cynthia Ward, which is about how to write characters who differ from you. So I guess my questions are, number one, what do you as a queer woman think about straight women writing from the perspective of gay characters, or indeed of anyone writing from the perspective of a character who differs from them? Number two, is there any more research you think I should be doing? You wrote really well, to my white eyes at least, from the perspective of characters of a different race to yours in Stolen Things. What research did you do for that? I did think about going back and making Delia straight so that I was safe from doing a bad job and upsetting anyone, but that didn't feel like a good choice. The book works well, I think, as a lesbian love story. Delia is, um, I'm going to just delete that out because we don't need to go into the story here because um, I don't know if you wanted me to or not on the air, Johanna. So um, then to go back to what Johanna says, I want to write about the diverse world we live in. Uh, Morgan and Jody, the other two of the three best friends are both straight. I didn't want to go back and make Delia straight too. It felt wrong somehow, but I also want to ensure that if I'm going to do this, I do this well. So huge question. Great question to ask. And I am not going to presume um, or or assert that I have all the right answers for this because I do not. We are all trying to get this um, as right as we possibly can. I believe in writing diverse characters that reflect the worlds in which we live. I think that that is important. I also believe in taking up the space that we naturally take. So there is often a problem with people who write characters who are not like them um, if they are taking a space away from another writer to write from their own experience. This has been problematic in publishing. It will continue to be problematic in publishing. However, I do believe that there is room for this when we try to do it um, well, skillfully, with great thought, 
and curiosity um, and openness. So I think that you asking the question is fantastic. Um, your questions, what do I think as a queer woman about straight women writing from the perspective of gay characters? Um, me, you ask my personal p- opinion. I love it. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to see that love is love. Absolutely. For me, and I know I'm going to get email about this, but I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to say it for me. Being queer is, uh, an easier sell for me to read from someone who is, um, being written by someone who is not queer because love is love. We have all experienced love romantic love, sexual love, lust, attraction. Most of us have experienced those things and gender is a goddamn construct. So being able to imagine people of other genders experiencing love is something I think is, is just easier for me to easier for other people to pull off and for me to buy into, if that makes sense. Um, Personally, I would not be comfortable writing a book from a black woman's perspective because I don't have that experience. I have the experience of being a woman, but my experience is of being a white woman. And therefore I am part of the problem of white supremacy that exists in most cultures around the world. So while I write diverse casts, um, there are some things that I would not personally feel comfortable doing because I don't think I would get it right. Uh, Jojo in Stolen Things is um, half Iranian, uh, half American. She's Iranian American. And I did quite a bit of research. I got sent, I hired sensitivity readers and I feel like I did an okay job and no one has ever sent me a, a peep to say that I didn't, it still makes me quite uncomfortable. Would I do it again? Yes, I would. Um, but she wasn't the main, main character in the book. The main, main character in that book was a white, straight uh, police dispatcher um, who was the mother of Jojo in that book. Jojo was one of the main characters, but she wasn't the main, main character, if that makes sense. Um, so that is my That's my opinion on that. I think that you're doing a great job of thinking about your research, thinking about who you can ask to hire to be sensitivity readers for you. Um, Of course, we never ask even friends. I believe we don't even ask friends to do this kind of emotional labor for free. That is something that should be paid. I truly deeply believe that. Um, they're, They're doing some heavy lifting sometimes with us when we write things that we may not be getting right. And we may need to be educated about. Um, But what you said in here is when you thought about going back and making Delia straight too, it felt wrong somehow. Trust your gut on that. I think that's, I think there's something there. I think there's something there's telling you that Delia should be gay in this book and you can follow that. You are thinking all the things and making sure that you're taking them seriously and that you are approaching these things with curiosity. And I commend you for that. So thank you. Thank you so much for asking that 
Awesome question. Um, okay, next question is from Maggie C. Hello, Maggie. Uh, Maggie says, hi, Rachel. I just read a novel. Having completed 90 Days to Done, I now, I now read while keeping in mind things like story structure and character arc. I even chose novels with this in mind. Curious if you have a recommendation on an effective way to take notes on observations. It is part of my learning journey and evolution, so I want to capture thoughts for the purpose of increasing my own skill, perhaps revisiting in the future if that's useful. For example, this book has two character arcs because it's a romance. I loved the one character, but was unsatisfied with the resolution, a personal preference, not the writer's skill. I disliked the, uh, the other character, but loved his arc. How would you annotate this? What questions should I ask myself? I'm learning my own preferences. Is there something else that would be useful? Oh, I love this question. Okay. So what I do and have done and will continue to do is when I am reading a print book and I am thinking about these things, I know, Maggie, you will be shocked, shocked to hear that I use post-it notes, but I use post-it notes usually in one color, unless I am really thinking about uh, two characters or more in, and their arcs. And then I will use um, post-it notes as flags as I, as I'm reading the book. And I do things like, um, where is the inciting incident? Is this it? Oh, I thought it was the inciting incident, but it wasn't. Okay, so I'll put in a flag where I where I believe the inciting incident is. I'll put in a flag at the context shifting midpoint. I'll flag the um, the dark moment. I will flag character arc stuff that I see shifting. Um, and when I say flag, I'm really just using little post-its or little stickies. Um, sometimes they're not even post-its. They're the, they're, they're the little post-it flags. And I'm not even annotating because um, I can usually kind of remember what I'm doing. I don't, I do, I'm not one of those people like you see on TikTok with 400,000 posted flags in a book. I think those look beautiful, but I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, if I'm really thinking about something like character arc, I may make a few notes on the post-it. Um, a lot of the time I am reading in my e-reader and I will make comments to myself right in there. Uh, I'll highlight the line or two or the paragraph or whatever it is. And then when you do highlight something, you can add a note to it and I will add whatever I'm thinking, you know, DM for a dark moment or midpoint. Those kind of things can be really useful later when you're flipping through the book, you can go through the book quickly then, and you can say, where was the inciting incident? Was the midpoint around 48 to 52%? If you can hear somebody shouting in the background, it's our, uh, <laughs> it's our dog visitation day today. And I can hear um, Lala playing with Patty quite loudly with a ball out in the hallway. So sorry about that. Um, although it does sound very cheerful. In doing this kind of work though, I honestly prefer having a paper copy of the book because it is about percentages. And there is something so satisfying about seeing those flags line up where we think that they should in a book that is working well for us. And in a book that doesn't work well for us, that doesn't leave us satisfied. We can ask, would moving any of those have changed things? Would affecting the character arc and it, you know, how would I have done this as a writer? And what would have made me feel better about this book? What would have really, really captured me? What would have surprised me? Um, what am I missing? When you, when we do have those feelings of missing something in a book, of something just letting us down, it is worth it not to be a normal, typical reader. And just say, eh, you know, that book wasn't for me. I, did, I didn't love it. It is in extremely, incredibly valuable to ask why we feel that way. Why 
Am I not in love with that character, even though I like his arc? Um, asking those questions. And for me, it always comes down to writing things out. So I will journal things out in my journal or just, you know, write things out in, in notes because I can't really understand what I think about things until I start writing them down. And that is when I start learning about them. So I can look at where those post-it flags are or where the notes are in the e-reader and move from there. And and I, I don't do this all the time. In fact, I do it um, not most of the time, but when I do do it, I pay attention and I think about it. I don't think that hard. I never spend more than like 20, I'm going to say 20 minutes after I read a book in actually writing about it and thinking about it and what I would have changed. That's not very much time to spend thinking critically about a piece of work that we either loved, why did we love it? Or we didn't love, why didn't we love it? But it can be some of the most useful learning time to us as writers to have to use our critical brain to pull apart a book that doesn't matter to us. It's very hard to pull apart our own books because they matter so much. But when you read somebody else's book, you can take it apart in your mind, play with the pieces, shift them around a little bit, see how it could have worked better. And that will always, always, always help you with your own writing. So thank you for asking this question, Maggie. That is so awesome. And I'm so glad that you are doing that. Okay, last set of little questions come from Michelle M. Hello, Michelle. All right, she says, um, I am at Reedsy trying to understand what I need for cover design. I could use Google, but I hope I could just use you. Exactly, that's what I'm here for as your mini coach. Just use me. Um, so what Michelle is referring to is readsy.com, or you can use my affiliate link, rachelheron.com slash readsy, because I love the site so much over at readsy. You can find editors, you can find book designers, you can find, um, book cover designers, everything that you possibly need for your self-publishing journey is over there at readsy. Um, so here are the questions. Number one, do I need book interior design? Number one, do I need production management? Number three, typography. Number four, for formats, do I need EPUB, print ready PDF, 3D mock-up, social media cover photo, social media adverts, animation tra trailer, LOL. Uh, yes, these things can be confusing. So number one, do you need book interior design? For something like nonfiction, not memoir, but nonfiction, like uh, my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir. I did hire a book designer for the interior format for print only books, because with nonfiction, you tend to have a lot of bullet points, annotated lists, um, things like that, that you, that will just look better if an actual human being with typography and graphic design skills has their little mitts in it. So I did hire somebody. I hired somebody on Reedsy that I found and she was fantastic. And I'm going to work with her again in the future. Um, however, for novels and memoir, I'm going to say you don't need anybody to help you with book interior design. If you are self-publishing, I just recommend that you buy Vellum. I can't remember how much Vellum costs, but it is an app. It runs on PC and Mac. And by the, if you're going to publish more than one book in your life, buy the bell, you know, the full program that allows you to create as many books as you want. I think you can still buy it, like, you know, make one book with Vellum and it's cheaper, but don't do that. Buy the, buy the full thing. It's probably about $300. Totally, totally worth it because you'd obviously be paying somebody to do this anyway. For memoirs and novels, Vellum is such a powerful tool. It's perfection for um, all of the e 
the e-versions that you need for the um, e-books on the different vendor sites. And it also does fantastic interior formatting for the print books. And it will just export it as a PDF, which is what you need in the trim size that you select. Uh, and if you don't like what it looks like, it, it, it compiles it in seconds. You open it, you decide, no, I don't, I don't actually like this font. I don't like this particular way this is laid out. I'm going to try a different kind of thing in Vellum and it'll just do it. Highly recommend, super user-friendly. Basically, you just upload a Word document and suddenly there's your book inside and you hit export and you've got all of the files that you need in order to upload to not only the e-vendors, but the print book vendors as well. Um, number two, do I need production management? I think production management, I'm not actually even sure what that is, but what I'm guessing is that they want to help you produce the book. So they would kind of be like um, a, uh, oh, what do we call those? Uh, project manager. Um, I don't know. I would not hire a project manager myself. I like to learn how to do all the little things myself and then do them. And a somebody who would offer production management, I don't know. I'd want to do it myself. Um, if you are interested in that kind of thing, absolutely ask them what that means and what you get if you hire them to do production management. Will they be the ones actually uploading to all the sites for you? In that case, they have all your passwords. They have access to your social security number and your home, your address. Uh, your bank info is in there because all of the different sites need to pay you and they need to have your social security number. They need to have all that stuff. So if somebody's uploading those things for you, you are now trusting them with your logins to do that. You know, I have my assistant, Ed. Hello, Ed. Um, I would trust him with my life. He could absolutely you know, move to the Bahamas. <laughs> well, I don't think you get very hard, far on the money that I have, but um, you could move to like Florida. Absolutely. Clean me out. Ed, don't do that. Plus, no, don't, yeah, just please stay where you are. It's fantastic. Um, but I am not sure that you need production management, Michelle. Get back to me if you think something differently. Um, number three, typography. Typography is going to, again, fold into the vellum uh, situation. Vellum they have chosen, they have different suites of design that you can choose. And inside there, you will have, they will automatically put in the typography to match this. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking for the word here for a collection of things that, <laughs> that will make the interior of your book look good. So the, so the chapter heading looks great next to the, uh, the drop cap for the first word of the first paragraph of the chapter, which matches the font of the chapter. So typography will be rolled into vellum. If you hire somebody to do the interior book design for your print books, they will do that. But again, for memoir and fiction, I, I don't think you need that. Vellum is awesome. Um, for the formats that you would need, uh, would you need EPUB? Yes. And vellum produces that for you. Uh, would you need .mobi? That's kind of a yes-ish. Um, EPUB is the format that goes to all of the vendors like Google Play and iBooks, or uh, sorry, Apple Books uh, and uh, Kobo and Barnes and Noble. Amazon is the one that takes .mobi, but they also take EPUB now. They, I think they stopped taking .mobi, but now they're taking it again. Vellum handles that all that for you. Basically, you push a button and it prints out. I mean, it, it does not print out. It absolutely doesn't print out. It sends out 
all of the different formats to you just right there in a file. It's fantastic. And then you go over to amazon.com and you upload that file right there. Your book will now be available. Um, Print ready PDF. Again, that will come from Vellum if you use Vellum. Uh, And if you want a print book, let's just talk about this really quickly. Although Michelle did not ask this. Um, Basically, you're going to have your ebook available at whatever vendors you choose. And also for a print book, general recommendation is if you are going to sell on Amazon, upload the print ready PDF that Vellum will give you or your designer, if you hire one, um, will give you upload that to Amazon. And then that's where your print on demand print book will come from. It will come from Amazon. Also, if you want to get into libraries or independent bookstores who generally don't order from Amazon, you will upload that same file to Ingram Spark, and then it will be available everywhere else. Some people will argue with you and say, you can't use the same file. You can, you can, I do for all my books. Uh, So that print ready PDF will be used so that yes, you can hold the book in your hands as a real print paper book. Uh, Do you need 3D mock-up? So now we're moving into um, not interior of the book, formatting of the book, but we're moving into cover designer. So if you're looking, um, and this was your original question, what you need for cover design. Cover design, yes, you're going to hire somebody to do your cover, and then they will offer you things like 3D mock-up, which can be useful for doing social media graphics. Um, So yes, if you can afford it and you want it, have them do some 3D mockups while they're in there already manipulating your book. They'll give you some files. Um, Social media cover photos. Absolutely. um, If you want that, I I do all this stuff in Canva, but I don't mind looking up like, what is the size that Facebook cover photos, banners need right now? What what has Twitter changed to? Um, These people who do this already know it. So you will just say, I'd like a social media cover photo for Twitter and Facebook or whatever the things are that you want. Um, And then when you go to the top of your page, it'll be there with your name and the book cover, maybe in 3D form. So yes, those can be Um, great to ask for, and they're not very expensive usually. Uh, Social media adverts. Uh, I probably wouldn't get that. Um, I would not hire any graphics for advertising until I was absolutely sure what advertising, if any, I wanted to do. And then you can always go back to that designer and say, hey, can you do X, Y, and Z? Or you can find somebody else, but I would not do that. Personally, animation trailer, I would not do book trailers of any kind really haven't proven their worth at all yet. So um, I would say mm, I would not do that right now. If you're talking about like an animated picture of your book, maybe moving through space that you could throw onto Facebook. I'm not sure it, it really would get you much traction. Might be fun to have, but I would not push for that one. So when you are looking for cover design, which was your original major question. You want to make sure that you are choosing someone who works in the genre in which you need a cover made. Do not just go to somebody who has designed science fiction covers and has never done a cover for your contemporary rom-com. They find that Find their um, portfolio, look at it, make sure that this person is going to do something great for you before you hire them. And then you need the cover. You need the um, the ebook cover, which is just the 
the front of the book, and then you need the full cover if you are going to do a print book. Uh, you can't do a print book until you can't give get all that information to them until you know what size the book is going to be. And that involves uh, choosing trim size, which means how big the book is going to be. But your cover designer will walk you through all that because the, the spine always changes depending on what kind of paper you use and how many pages there are. So they need all of that information uh, before they do the full wrap jacket, which is the front, the spine, and the back. So you'll get that. Um, so that's two things. Now you have one is your ebook cover. Two is your full jacket cover for the print book. And the only other things you might need eventually are if you do an audio book, then that comes in a square format. You'll need to hire a square format from them. Also really easy to get later from that same designer. Uh, and things like social media, 3D mock-ups, uh, social media graphics, banners for your website. Those are the things you're going to be looking at uh, from at, at hiring from a cover graphic designer. All that interior stuff though, just use Vellum. I love Vellum. Okay, it's the best. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a patron of mine if you are. And if you're not, Thank you just for being here and listening and soaking all of this up like the incredible writer that you are. Please don't forget to do your own writing. It does not take long. You can do the work of your heart in 30 minutes a day. You can do it in 15 minutes a day. You have to do it though. You have to do some of it and it's going to let you down. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's not going to be that great. And then later you will fix it. Uh, you are a writer. You are listening to this. That is proof that you are a writer. So thank you for being here. Thank you for writing. If you don't write your book, nobody else is going to, and we need your book in the world. All right, my friends, happy writing to all of you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.